This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Rockstar Energy Drink. Be honest. Are you procrastinating by listening to this podcast? It's okay. You just need Rockstar Focus. Choose from three delicious flavors, each crafted with ingredients for an ideal energy and mental boost, like lion's mane, 200 milligrams of caffeine, and zero sugar. Visit rockstarenergy.com to learn more. At least 75 milligrams of caffeine has been shown to help improve attention. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Hello and welcome to another edition of Smart TV, where we aim to bring you all the best, sometimes the worst, of this week's telly with our inverted commas expert analysis and commentary. I do have with me actually an expert today. Kellyanne is still on holiday. Yes, I know how many weeks. But in her place, we have David Brown, Deputy Previews Editor of the Radio Times. Yeah, I did want those inverted commas taken out actually there because... <laughs> I am a proper expert, I think. I was being self-deprecating, inverted commas. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Let's just clarify for the record, I, inverted commas expert, have with me no inverted commas expert David Brown. It's not much to boast about, but I'll take it. Thank take you. Take it. Take it. Right. OK, I'm going to kick off first because we're going to hit it hard with some drama. Wilderness on Amazon Prime from next Friday, 15th of September which stars Jenna Coleman. You'll know from The Cry, Doctor Who, Victoria, all sorts. OK, David, lend us your expertise. OK, so she uh, is our cover star this week, her and her on-screen husband, Oliver Jackson-Cohen. Now, he's an absolute rotter, isn't he, in this? Oh, yes. He can't keep it in his pants. She finds out about it. And she plans to wreak her revenge on a road trip that they take together. Little bit of context. They are a British pair who've made it large in Manhattan. Lots of money. He's got a great job. She's stuck at home because of visa complications that aren't really explained. But that's the background. And he does seem to be having his cake and very much mm -hmm. eating it. I don't think we should go into the nitty gritty. No, no, let's not do that. But I, I thought that was quite interesting was the kind of gender politics at play because... Revenge thrillers 
we've all watched them down the decades, but did you not think that we've come quite far since Fatal Attraction, which I think is the ultimate revenge thriller? And in that, Michael Douglas mm. kind of became the hero somehow. Of well, the they film. changed it, didn't they? They turned him into the hero because it wasn't playing well with the 1980s audience. Yeah. Yes, we have come a long way. But I here would... we're kind of like meant to be complicit with Jenna Coleman, really. Aren't I think we, we certainly sympathise. Yeah. I think we all are meant to relate to how she would feel inclined to possibly, no spoilers, perhaps think about pushing her husband off a cliff in the Rockies. Whoops. <laughs> but um, I still think she's a bit of a baddie. I mean, they do, it's slightly caricature, but it's great fun. I mean, gosh, I romped through those two preview episodes. Did you? Yeah, I really liked it. And I think because they've been quite canny in casting Jenna Coleman as well, because she's got those like big eyes. She looks like a kind of anime character made flesh, doesn't she? Deceptively innocent <laughs> yeah. and uh, without guile, for sure. So that's what I liked, the fact that, you know, she was kind of inviting us to come along on this journey with her and yeah. see where see where she'd lead us. And in fact, it's adapted from a best-selling book, which was set in Berkshire, I don't oh, really? think that's quite that. as perilous as the <laughs> Wild West of the American Rockies, but my goodness, it makes for some nice dreamscape backgrounds in this in this show. You can see where they've spent the money. Thank you, Amazon. I agree. Yeah, I mean, and and uh, the, the only thing was that he was just like so completely irredeemable, and as soon as he turned up, he was wearing like a black roll neck jumper. Oh, that's a boo hiss right there. Absolutely, especially when you've got a jacket over the top, like a no. smart jacket. No, that 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 is the outfit of a rotter. Isn't it, oh, yes, that's your shorthand right yeah. there. Visual cue. I will press on to some factual. I want to tell you about Living Next Door to Putin. This starts on Tuesday, BBC One. It's a two-part documentary hosted by, presented by Katia Adler, BBC's Europe editor. She's a wonderful, warm presence. I think she's just a natural presenter and she clearly knows her region, her subject. She's been reporting on Europe for 20 years and this documentary does what it says on the tin. She starts in Poland and she works her way up through the Baltic states and into the north of Norway, which is still technically a neighbour of Russia. And therefore, all of these countries have had to adapt to this time of complete unrest and lack of ease with these rumblings from across a very near border. She talks to all sorts of people and comes across some quite surprising reactions to war on their doorstep. And not a politician in sight in this, oh, is no, there? This no. is the people on the ground, ordinary everyday folk. For sure. And the stronger for it. I think we've seen enough politicians and some incredibly brave ones. But also there are these human stories, things like she discovers that one army is sending saunas to Ukraine. And that's because they have this great culture of the army in the Baltics that they use saunas to boost morale. And and you think, oh, she said herself, she's, she spoke to us to me. In fact, <laughs> she spoke to me <laughs> for the Radio Times. And she said, I thought, goodness me, that's superficial. But then she spoke to a Ukraine commander who had tears in his eyes and said, thank you. This will be the first time in six weeks my men have had a shower, have been able to wash themselves and feel human. So it's just, it's those little things as well. It's honestly very, very moving. And you don't really take your eyes off it. And you learn an awful lot about Europe. As she says, it's not the Europe you normally hear about. You hear about Spain, you hear about France. This is the other side of the continent. Quite interesting that it's um, been scheduled on BBC One rather than BBC Two as well. You'd have thought that it, it would have been a BBC Two show, but they're giving it quite quite large exposure, aren't they, putting it on the main channel? Yeah, I think that's interesting. And they clearly have a lot of faith in her as well as the, the main person. And quite rightly, it's deserved. 
Right, what do you have for us? Okay, well, it's a a new spin on an old favourite. We've got Celebrity Race Across the World, which is back for a new series on Wednesday. But for me... Can I ask you, is that celebrities inverted commas well it depends what your kind of like remit is okay i mean i thought that they were that they were a good bunch really you know and i kind of wanted to find out more about them even if i wasn't perhaps overly familiar with their oeuvre Uh, but for me it wasn't really so much about the destination or the race or the locations it was to do with the familial relationships right so like you've got harry judd on there Mm -hmm. um who is obviously the drummer in McFly, and he's on there with his mum. And she said something that kind of like broke my heart a little bit. She said that when he was 17, that's when he got the McFly gig Mm -hmm. and he left home and he never came back. So she doesn't see this as kind of like a contest. (laughs) She sees this as some time to spend with her son. Uh, How old is he now? Oh, no, he must be in his early 30s now or maybe in his mid Okay, so half a lifetime away. Yeah, Yeah. perhaps even older than that. But he looks good on it, Harry Judd, Mm -hmm. you know. But um, Former Strictly champion. Exactly. So you've got him, you've got Melanie Blatt is on there, Alex Beresford, the weather, weather guy. He's on there with his dad. And they've all kind of got like, different kind of issues with their parents and the parents have got kind of different emotional things going on with their kids nice. so Melanie Black's kind of like a little bit of a pampered princess and Alex Braceford you kind of get the impression that he wants to prove to his dad that he's like a fully grown Aww. adult so I I really enjoyed all those little kind of emotional things yeah. being winkled out of them and when can we see that please uh, that is Wednesday on BBC One at nine o'clock great now, we've both seen this. This is Your Mum, My Dad. Now, I called this in my column Love Island for Crinklies. Am yeah. I being fair? <laughs> no, you are totally being fair. I mean, the soundtrack alone is all kind of like <laughs> yes. 80s. It's all like Yazoo Throwback. and stuff. It completely is. But it, yeah, it's basically single parents hoping to find love in a kind of like Bridgerton-style house. Their moves are all being monitored by their kids, oh, aren't they? Oh, cringe. But, I mean, there was one person in it who I thought the series is obviously trying to kind of set up as the lead guy. The love interest. Are we talking... Well, go on, you say it. Is it Roger? Exactly. It's Postman (laughs) Roger. Oh, I mean, yes. He looks like a cross between, what, David Beckham and Martin Kemp. Oh, I was going to say David Ginola and Roy Keane. (laughs) I mean, none of these people are (laughs) genetically challenged. No. Um, Did he get your stamp of approval, Postman? Well, I mean, (laughs) I think it is interesting. Again, similar to what you said about Celebrity Race Across the World. You think, oh my goodness, we're going in for some of the, you know, the key shots. We're all hanging around for the kiss. But actually, because they're older, so it is, it's Love Island, but for middle-aged people, they have this great hinterland. And that includes all sorts of loss, grief, regret, yeah. proper grief in Roger's case. I mean, he goes out on that first date and within 10 minutes, this poor lady who's picked him to go and share a glass of bubbly with, she's bawling her eyes out because of his story of losing his wife. And you just think perhaps Roger wasn't quite ready to go on this show. But he has his sweet daughter watching every move saying, 
we lost my mum. I just want my dad to be happy. And there's some proper human interest at the heart of this show. I think it's going to do very, very well. Well, ITV are taking a big gamble on it, aren't they? Because they're stripping it across the fortnights on every weeknight. Um, so they want the... us to care. They obviously do. I mean, I thought the format was quite strong in terms of the parents. What the kids are supposed to do... In Hide I, behind cushions, I think. Well, he says that they're supposed to be kind of like influencing the action. But uh. in that first one, I... They were just, yeah, they were just cringy, were cringing, weren't they? And looking at each other, I thought, as yeah. well. Because that's the other element, isn't it? Because if these parents get together, yeah. then the offspring, they're potentially going to be step-siblings, aren't they? So, oh, David, you're assuming that there will be life beyond the credits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, 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 my kind you're of, so sweet. Yeah, exactly. I'm being optimistic on this one. <laughs> what else do you have for us? Okay. So um, my other choice this week is the Royal Family down the back of the sofa. So this is the Royals' 25th anniversary, their Silver Jubilee. And Gosh. I know, you're rolling, aren't you? No, I can't believe it's been so long. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it was a proper game changer, wasn't it? It the really Royal was. And I, I know you can kind of say this about anyone who's no longer with us, who was like, you know, especially close to you or creative or kind but watching this archive interview of Caroline Ahern in conversation with Craig Cash just made me like so upset and angry that she's no longer mm. here and um, it's interspersed with comment from modern day comics like Rosie Jones is on there um, and they're all kind of saying how much of a genius Caroline Ahern was and speculating as to what Denise might be up to oh, in 2023. Oh, how lovely. So she lives on. I do remember hearing that both Ricky Gervais and Steve Coogan said that without the royal family, without Carolina Hearn, there would be no The Office and no Alan Partridge, respectively. I think that they are very quick to doff their caps in her direction. Her legacy is everywhere. Oh, yeah, completely. And, and when you watch the episodes, it's an amazing thing that she and Craig did because... She's like looking into these working class front rooms across the Northwest and the royals themselves, they're often quite negligent with each other and lazy, mm. but quite loving and caring at the same time. I don't quite know how she did it, really. It's quite a feat, I think. It's a light touch, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, I think she kind of gave them a lot of dignity. I always remember when Tony Woman, who created Combination Street, who also died in the same year as Caroline Hearn, as did Victoria Wood, three great chroniclers of the Northwest. Yep. Tony Woman said when he created Combination Street, he was he was saying, I know your faults, but I love you still. Aww. And I think that's exactly what Caroline Hearn was doing with the Royals. Anyway. Beautiful. Thank yeah. you, David, for that. One more thing to go to mention. Let's call this any other business. Yeah, so this is another bit of nostalgia for you. This is 30 years. If 25 <laughs> years of the Royals made you feel old, it's 30 years since the debut of The no. X-Files, which is on Disney Plus in its entirety. That is how long it is since I went into the hairdresser with a picture of Gillian Anderson. <laughs> so give me this. <laughs> yes. But um, I was such a big fan of The X-Files back in the day. What did you like about it? What was the best thing? I think the fact that it was so inventive and it was like a proper procedural, but with a sci-fi twist, it just ticks, ticked all my boxes. Mm -hmm. I had the T-shirt, the books, the posters at university. It is surprising that I ever got a partner because, you know, I was putting the <laughs> X-Files front and centre. And there's often talk now, isn't there, about kind of bringing it back and reviving it. I know they did revive it about a decade ago, but I just don't think you could do it now. I, I think because it came about 
Chris Carter, who created the X-Files, and David Duchovny, who starred in it, they're both kind of children of the Watergate era, weren't they, where that mm. mistrust of politicians was sewn in. I think we'll probably see a little bit more TV literature of that ilk in the coming years. Yeah, but now it's kind of become so much more loaded. I mean, all yeah. Fox Mulder kind of had to d- deal with was an alien invasion. Now it's all stolen elections and, you know, cabals of child abusers. And it's it's just much more pernicious. And X-Files kind of looks quite innocent in comparison. How soon days. Yeah. I like the chemistry between the pair of them. It was That was one of the great things about it. And I think once it became something other than the will they, won't they, and they actually got together. Yeah. That's when some of the magic Well, died. I mean, did they learn nothing from Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis? Exactly. Well, they obviously didn't because they then brought Niles and Daphne together on Frasier and then <gasps> Mulder and Scully. Always keep them apart. Always keep them apart. Ken and Deirdre. Right. <laughs> um, that's all we have time for. Please do continue to listen, to review, to rate brickbats and bouquets equally acceptable and uh, do write in with any ideas for shows you think uh, we should be covering either on radio tv podcast you name your platform and in the meantime happy Happy viewing. viewing